Yes, we're, we're preaching on um, joy today, and I, it's part two out of three in our spiritual discipline series. Um, we started spiritual disciplines at the beginning of the summer, and um, we kind of read through the Bible together as a church, and we had like a podcast. We, we engaged with God's Word in a couple different ways, and even with our youth group, we went through like a journal that had space for us to reflect on God's Word. So I wanted to dwell on the spiritual disciplines um, kind of general topic before I dove into the topic of joy, just so that we have like a, a good foundation to go off of before we jump in. Um, yeah, so spiritual disciplines are kind of the question of like, how do we follow Jesus? Um, once you accept Jesus into your life or you have a relationship with the Lord, sometimes you're wondering, how do you grow deeper in your walk with Christ? And um, one of the ways that I've come to understand spiritual disciplines is like this, this shelf. Um, you have a structure in your life, you have a life, um, and you have spaces in your life to fill, fill your life with meaningful things. And some of us spend our physical time um, doing worthwhile things like um, recreational things, or we spend a lot of our time doing school. Um, we, we might fill it with meaningful relationships or family. And there are ways that Jesus has given us to fill our lives with meaningful faith things too. Um, in particular, you might be here with us, uh, either watching online or you might be here in person. And that's filling your Saturday or your Sunday with some of Jesus's community. And uh, last week we talked about worship, and that might look like offering yourselves up to Christ through uh, like listening um, to music or coming and singing, or maybe you, you like record songs. Um, that's just another way to like pour out your life and, and spend your time filling these shelves with things from the Lord. Um, one of the metaphors that I heard preached once was that our lives are kind of like a like a bonsai tree. <laughs> um, yeah, you can see that this tree is the perfect replica of a really big and tall tree, but we might not always realize how limiting our pot is. But if we get a really big pot, this tree might grow into an oak tree or um, something that is really sturdy and tall and strong. And God desires for us to live out lives that that are intimately related and interconnected with his and that we have like strong and meaningful relationships with others. Um, he, he wants to give us that bigger pot and we don't always have the means or the, the understanding of like what that looks like. And this is the same thing. I mean, these boxes stack. So if you add something else in your life, like maybe you go out and you meet others in a different community and suddenly your life is fuller and richer. Maybe your understanding of Christ and the meaning that's in your life can be um, that much larger. And so um, just like this bonsai tree or, or this uh, storage unit, you get like, a, like a, an unwavering strength that comes from the Lord. Um, and it helps you do more with your, with your space and the things that you've been given. There are ways to misunderstand something like this, though. Um, not everyone gets excited about organization. <laughs> um, I, I don't think until recently I, I would get excited about organization. I don't know what happened. I guess I'm getting older. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes 
when someone gives something like this to you and says, you have to have structure in your life, you have to do certain things, you start feeling pressure. Like maybe I need to fill up the books in a certain way or maybe I need to uh, keep adding boxes and it feels more like a burden or like an obligation than it does joy. Um, and I do have three different ways that even in the Bible, these, these tools or gifts from the Lord were misinterpreted or misunderstood. And as a result, God's heart was misunderstood. So those three things uh, were these different groups of people, um, different, different people. One is the Pharisees. Um, I think they saw this, this storage unit and they thought, oh, this is perfect. I know exactly what goes where and I'm going to tell everybody else how those things should be stacked up too. And like, you can only put green things and blue things in there. You can only put you know, tan things in there and something. They got very rigid with their structure because the structure started to rule over them. That became the most important thing in how to be a Christian. Um, and that has problems because this is very rigid. Um, but Jesus was always kind of... Um, correcting those, those notions. He was, he was saying, this is not here to serve, like you're not here to serve this, but this is here to serve you and your relationship with Jesus. This is here to be a tool for you and, and for, for you to go beyond just seeing this box and seeing the constraints of it, um, but into like a life-giving relationship with even the tool um, that is redeemed through Christ. Um, some other folks who did what they would with this, were the Israelites. In the Old Testament, we have a lot of stories about the Israelites, and they talk about um, Jesus, or they talk about God the Father through Moses giving them certain commands. They said, hey, fill this, fill this up in a certain way so that you have life. Or do these certain things so that you are healthy as a community. Do these certain things so that you care about the people that need the most help. And then they kind of forgot. They kind of let it, they, the shelves grow dusty, and they said, I don't really know if this is helpful at all. You know, we can just go do other things. We can, we can spend our time however we'd like. We don't want to be too rigid. We don't want to be too um, locked down. And so they got distracted. Uh, they would kind of go wayward. And God was like, I gave you a perfectly helpful shelving unit, and you could probably make something of this if you used it in your closet. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just throwing things in there, and it's hard to find where your priorities are or that really important gift card that you had, you've lost it now, like there are certain things that God has given as gifts that the Israelites weren't even able to make use of because they didn't use what God had given them to take care of those things. Um, and lastly, uh, the Tower of Babel. I realized that by bringing in like a shelf here and saying you can grow bigger and wider, <laughs> like the more you add to it sounds kind of like an empire. Like guys, you can build the most awesome building with this thing. Like we should do that as Christians, but I'm not saying that either. Um, we're, we're not building a Lego empire, and uh, we're not building a storage empire either. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the, the folks building the Tower of Babel thought that they had all the tools they needed, and they were so excited to put them to use that they started building their own tower, and they thought they could you know, reach God on their own. And I think that is a temptation, um, especially if you're excited about shelving. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there are ways to, to misunderstand God and, and the gifts that he's given us as spiritual disciplines, but there are also um, encouraging or empowering ways to use the tools that he's given us that have the potential to, to energize us. And I would say that this is the, the redemptive work of rhythms in our lives. Um, it creates order and rhythm where there might be chaos. Um, it creates potential and excitement. Um, and it creates joy. It can spark joy. <laughs>
Um, and I do want to add that just like, just like we talked about worship last week and like being something that we're kind of innately designed for, that we were originally created to enjoy, I feel like having disciplines in our lives, in order in our lives in some ways, something we're uniquely created to enjoy. Even if it's kind of, it has a, a, a twisted meaning in our, in our lives or it has the potential to sound legalistic or it has the potential to sound boring and dull. Um, there's, there's life that can come from that um, structure. So, yeah, I, I do want to say that God has created us for, for intimacy with him and for great plans in his, um, in his kingdom. And this is one of the ways that God allows us to grow strong in that way. Kind of like a, a sunflower that grows really tall, but it also has a lot of like, structure so that it, it can reach up that high. Um, yeah. Jesus corrects the misconceptions that we have about the tools that he gives us. And that is, in fact, how I stumbled on the discipline of joy. So that's where I came up with my topic. Um, I have a, like a story, I guess, that kind of brought me to that point, like brought me to the point of needing to share this story with you guys, um, this discipline with you guys. It was like a few months ago that I was interning at another church. And I was also planning a sermon, kind of like this one, but I was, it was for like a worship night and other things. And I was at the time leading a college group and trying to bring a new director on board, and I was kind of feeling the pressure of all of those different things. Um, I was getting in my head about performance and, and leading, and I was also trying to like wrestle with world peace, <laughs> like all these different issues in the world. I think I was like, I was trying to think deeply about all of the things that God cared about. Um, I was also trying to figure out who I was as a person and who I was as a leader and like my own ethnic identity and what does that mean and I was trying to make sense of like everything. Um, and it was very clear that I was like putting on so much of my shoulders that like were good things that like you normally are encouraged to fill your boxes with, like different spiritual disciplines and whatnot, um, even leadership. And those kinds of things are like, they became shoulds. Like, I should write my sermon. I should reflect on the Lord. I should do all of these things. It can easily become overwhelming. Um, and all of it, I guess, came to a head when I was playing a game of foosball. <laughs> so I was getting very competitive with my friends. And I was like, I'm not winning. And it was terrible. I don't know like, why, where this came from. But I was getting really frustrated. And there was this one phrase that my friend, he just, he was like, this is just for fun. And I was like, oh. And somehow, all of the stress that I had been experiencing and everything that I was like channeling into this football, foosball game was like, kind of just put everything into perspective. And I was like, oh, if this is just for fun, like, I am allowed to have recreation. I am allowed to, to enjoy myself. I am allowed to experience joy. I do not always have to be in the mindset of like, it's a grind, you know? Um, I'm allowed to enjoy this silly game of foosball as a silly game of foosball. <laughs> and I, I kind of went home and I was reflecting on some more of those difficult things, the, the news or whatever, or, or how to get my church to engage more, to care about these things more. And I realized there are spaces where Jesus just says, just be yourself. <laughs> it's okay to not always be thinking about those things, for your head to not always be in those spaces, for you to just take a moment with me. And that's the idea of Sabbath in some ways, right? There's this gentleness of like, you can tune out for a minute and you can have something like, like a nature walk or just something refreshing. 
and to remember who you are. Um, I know we'll talk more about Sabbath next week, but one of the beautiful things about Sabbath that I've learned is it's a place to remember to whom you belong. Um, you, it, it reminds you of your identity because it's so easy for us to throw ourselves into those good things that God has given us, but sometimes we do just need like a reset. Um, for me, when I get stressed, I was just sharing this, I, I get hunched up, especially while playing foosball. But <laughs> I'm, I, like, I feel my shoulders up by my ears. I just feel really tight and tense. And for Jesus to say it's okay to take a break, or it's okay to experience my joy, and it's okay to, um, to like, lift up your head, um, it, it, it feels different in my body. It feels like Jesus is saying, um, you, you can relax, or you can, you can melt <laughs> into my arms. And, um, yeah, I, I feel like we often need to, to take that pause and address our need for, for like, like a, a relax, for, for our shoulders to not be up by our ears and for us to not have to be tensed. Um, and maybe a part of that is learning how to have fun. <laughs> maybe in, in the midst of the good work that we're doing, and I feel that we do enter in well as a church, um, in the midst of our intense care, or in the midst of engaging in God's good work, Jesus breaks uh, the fever-pitched pace that we throw ourselves into by reminding us that he is ours. Um, and that we are with him. We have access to him. And his big, like, gummy bear-shaped armchair, whatever, whatever it is that, you, that draws you to him. <laughs> um, it, it, this reminds me of Psalm 24. Uh, maybe you know it. I have bookmarked it in my shelf. And it's on the screen. Psalm 24 reminds us that the Lord uh, is with us. And that the earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants, belong to the Lord. For he laid its foundation on the seas, and he established it on the rivers. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who's not appealed to what is false, and who has not sworn deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who inquire of him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. Then the King of glory will come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up, ancient doors. Then the King of glory will come in. Who is he, this King of glory? The Lord of armies. He is the King of glory. Amen. Um, I just really love that phrase, lift up your heads, you gates. Rise up ancient doors, then the king of glory will come in. Um, God desires to, to fill us up and to refresh us, but we don't very often let him, I feel like. I don't often let him. I don't remember to look up into his face and then to feel his permission that it's okay to enjoy a game of foosball. <laughs> Um, I think it takes a certain amount of training in the spirit to learn what it looks like to enjoy God's presence and then 
to allow him to lead you back into the hard work that he's ordained for you. Um, and that's what spiritual disciplines are too, is training. Training in the spirit. You practice it. You don't remember everything or you don't implement it properly all the time, but you, you just keep working at it. And Jesus is so grace, gracious to work with you in that. Um, and one of the hardest points, I think, for me is uh, letting Jesus into that process. Because so often um, I push him away and I say, I'm going to fill this up myself. I'm going to figure it all out by myself. I'll come back to you when I figured it out. Um, but practicing these pauses are one way that I can start letting Jesus shape and form who I am. So this is the truth about disciplines. They are not shoulds that we just need to add to our to-do list uh, that hit us over the head, um, that become more uh, obligations. Um, they, are, they are more gifts from the Spirit. And sometimes we, we don't even have to do all of them at once. So I have this spiritual handbook, spiritual disciplines handbook with me, um, but it's kind of like a menu. At least that's how it was described to me. There are disciplines like Bible study, which we as a church have been doing together, um, but also prayers of lament or prayer of reconciliation. Um, there are practices that you can implement in your day, like secrecy or silence or waiting. And then there are other ones like celebration and gratitude and worship. And... Um, Sometimes one thing is more in order in your life than something else. Um, sometimes they go hand in hand. So practically, I have a couple of different spiritual disciplines that we can, we can implement in our lives to remember joy. And I'm totally going out of order on slides now, so sorry. <laughs> but the last slide that I designed was like sort of couple points of how we can um, implement those things in the daily rhythm. One is practicing Sabbath. Um, it doesn't always have to look the way we think it looks. It doesn't have to be on a particular day like Sunday. It doesn't have to be uh, a full day if we're starting out. Maybe it could be a couple of hours where we, we take that nature walk or the hike. Or it could be an afternoon that you prepared for getting all your work done beforehand so you could do something that is restful for your soul. Maybe you are more ambitious and you're more practiced in the spiritual discipline and you could take the full day. Um, maybe it looks like you're taking a week. The next one is giving yourself permission to experience God's joy. I think that's the one that I was working on in that moment. It's like, oh, my friend, with this simple phrase, you, you we're just having fun. <laughs> it was enough to reset me to be like, oh. God desires this to be a part of my life, too. This is what fullness of Christ looks like in my life. Like, This is the thing that I offer to people when I'm meeting with them, and I'm saying God's life is joy in my own life. I forget. Um, the third one is to find and create spaces of joy. Um, this might look like within our community here, but it might look like looking for spaces outside our community, um, looking for spaces where there already is joy. Um, my family has like a young married couple that we just went to their home and they said there was some kind of like dodgeball game going on at the park <laughs> and they had no idea what it was so they went up and like asked them and they said we're just a like a facebook group that like plays dodgeball every week and they were like that's crazy but they they just they got to play dodgeball that week and it was like a space of joy that was unexpected 
Um, so that leads us to the last point, which is just celebrate. Um, celebrate small things. Celebrate the unexpected things. Celebration is a spiritual discipline. And maybe it's celebrating God. Um, maybe it's celebrating the freedom in your life or um, the chances to breathe fresh air. But be open to joy in those unexpected places. And lastly, um, I wanted to go back and read from Nehemiah because there's an example of God um, reaching into these uh, Israelites' lives. They, um, they had been away from Jerusalem for some time. It had fallen into disrepair. Uh, they had just gone back with Nehemiah to rebuild everything. And um, they kind of like rediscover God's word. But all of those people are hungry for it. They're, they're gathered together and um, they're really affected by it as they listen to it. In fact, they're brought to, to tears. Um, it says, all the people were weeping as they heard the words of the law. But then Nehemiah says to them, go and eat what is rich and drink what is sweet and send portions to those who have nothing prepared since today is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, since today is holy. Don't grieve. Then all the people began to eat and drink, send portions, and have a great celebration, because they had understood the words that were explained to them. And even further in chapter 8, they observe uh, a festival that was written in God's word that was encouraged for them to celebrate. It says, On the second day, the family heads of all the people, along with the priests and Levites, assembled before the scribe Ezra to study the words of the law. They found written in the law how the Lord had commanded through Moses that the Israelites should dwell in shelters during the festival of the seventh month. So they proclaimed and spread this news throughout their towns and in Jerusalem, saying, Go out to the hill country and bring back branches of olive, wild olive, myrtle, palm, and other leafy, shelter, leafy trees to make shelters, just as it is written. The people went out, brought back branches, and made shelters for themselves on each of their rooftops and courtyards, the court of the house of God the square by the water gate and the square by the Ephraim gate. The whole community had, that had returned from exile made shelters and lived in them. The Israelites had not celebrated like this from the days of Joshua, son of Nun, until that day. And there was tremendous joy. And I love that. I love that you put in the hard work and you, you, um, you're living your life with God. You're following what he says. You have an ear to his spirit. And... And then God says, don't weep. Like, today is holy. I'm giving you this day. Celebrate. And these people had not celebrated since the days of Joshua, son of Nun, when they were being like, led out of the wilderness um, until that day. But there was tremendous joy. So the people of Israel know how to get down. <laughs> the people of Israel know how to, how to experience God's joy. And I think that, too, is an invitation for us, especially as maybe the seasons are changing and as we go into um, new rhythms with life. Um, yeah. Um, I pray, I guess, that we remember the phrase to lift up our heads. You gates rise up, ancient doors. Um, then the king of glory will come in. Because that is our greatness, greatest witness, I think. Yeah. Um, let's, let's pray. God, I just thank you for, for your presence and for what that means 
in our lives. God, it doesn't mean that you assign us a lot of tasks um, or pile on the bricks for us to carry. But there's something else. Lord, and I just I pray that you remind us of what that something else is, Lord. I pray that you remind us of your, your presence and your relationship and your desire for intimacy with us and that you allow that to transform our uh, perception of your disciplines in our life, God. Would you show us a delight and a childlike wonder in looking at the tools that you've given us? And would you show us how to break those things down so we don't feel overwhelmed, but focus us on the discipline that maybe our heart is most in need of right this moment? God, we just thank you for, um, for your knowledge of us. How you know us intimately well, and, and you care for us, even when our own care is finite, and our own um, efforts are limited, God. We thank you for designing us in that way, um, for reminding us that, uh, that you pull us up, Lord, and that you encourage us to look up as well. So I thank you for the joy that the discipline of joy can afford us and the ways that it lets light in so we can be lights into others, God. I just pray a blessing over this space and over the rest of our time as a family. In Jesus' name, amen.